Kids. Kids. I'm just high where they hate on me. People tend to think all the drinks on me. I don't even have the money to spend to buy a patrol for you and all your friends. Hey, I be on my grind. Rain, sleet, snow. Rolling up good every place we go. Cause we try and get high. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the PNT Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm with Pete. Pete, how's it going? Very good. Uh, we got Sunday coming up tomorrow. So All right, we are day. almost toward like 24 hours or 25 hours and seven minutes away from week one of uh, Sunday football. Nothing like it. It's the best time of the year. But there are some things that are popping up here. Not only injuries, but some weather conditions that we have to worry about week one. And we'll get to that. Um, we're also going to talk about um, Rex Burkhead, Josh Gordon, and we'll give some fantasy, uh, daily fantasy advice. Uh, I'm going to do FanDuel, and Pete, you are the DraftKings guy. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the DraftKings format. I'm not sure why. I think, aren't they full point? Yep, full point PPR. Is yeah. it half point on FanDuel? It is half point yeah, on FanDuel. Yeah, so I like <laughs> taking advantage of the full point. You got to find, you know, the, the guys that, you know, lineups we're going to give some nice value plays that we see right yes. i think that's fair yeah we're not going to give you all of our secrets but maybe a couple correct correct yeah i mean i have to keep, i have to win the million myself i can't, <laughs> I can't no i'm just kidding um first topic rex burkhead um you own rex burkhead i i do own rex burkhead and i'm just very confused by all these reports that have come <laughs> out for, for rex so not a couple days ago maybe a week ago uh espn reported that burkhead might be eased into action week one mm-hmm. um given that he's bouncing back from knee issues but just reported yesterday by nesson um they expect burkhead to get a heavy workload as the patriots quote-unquote top ball carrier in week one so what is actually going to happen is just i mean i want to say i want to say he's going to be the workload guy i want to say he's going to get you know all the carries maybe jeremy hill get in a couple plays but i'm hoping it's just going to be like the rex burkhead show but i'm not going to bank on that yeah you know what when it comes to week one and the patriots it's like you can you think you know and you know what? I'm sure everyone out there has their opinion on who's going to be the starter but at the end of the day only one person knows and that's bill Bill yeah. Belichick knows. Bill and knows. That's it. It's, you know? it's, it's a weird situation where, you know, you got two, you know, I'd say ESPN and Nesson are highly, you know. Um, respected. Respected, yeah, sports companies. And yet they're both reporting two separate things. <laughs> yeah, you would think, like, you know, some guys would be on the same page. But um, that's definitely not the case here. So Rex is definitely a question mark. He, his, upside, his boomer bust uh, upside is, is pretty high for both going both ways. Yeah, I think I, I think I would agree with that. And I will say with Rex, I think he's definitely like the most talented guy of all of them. Unless you, you could probably argue James White too, but I like Burkhead a little bit better because he can actually run it a little bit and he's actually like a between the tackles, like, you know. It was funny is I remember um, just a couple of years ago owning Jeremy Hill and thinking, why the hell is Rex Burkhead getting carries? Um, on the Bengals, yeah, right. Didn't that feel? Doesn't yeah, that feel so yeah, long back, ago? B- back when he was on the Bengals, didn't even we feel like they didn't like the... think he was anywhere <laughs> close to the talent of Dude. like a Jeremy Hill or a Gio Bernard and stuff like that. Yeah, I, it's like it's like it's almost like it's not even the same guy. Like Rex Burkhead, up until he got to the Pats, like 
was not even a fantasy option at yeah, all. Yeah, and now he's crazy. actually, like, he could be a top 20 running back, you know, for years to come. Absolutely. Um, so in my question to you here, um, we know that there's, I think, what, four active running backs in the backfield right now? I think it's only, well... It's it's basically narrowed down to three because Sony Michelle right. is very... It's, well, it's, it's... Okay, yeah, so, so there's Sony... There's James White, James White, Jeremy Hill, Jeremy Hill, and, and Rex Burkhead, and then Brandon Bolden. No, just kidding. No, but he he's technically right. I don't. But, um, no, I don't think so. So I guess my question is, um, even though, so I know I know you do have Burkhead, um, but what's your guess? And with everything you've read, because I feel like you've read into this a little bit. Yeah, there's there's just like. <sighs> Because there's a lot of scenarios that can play out here. There's a lot of right. scenarios. Well, you, and I think, you were telling me a little earlier you liked James White, too. And I also like James White with so, Burkhead. Yeah, because of, you know, on DraftKings, I like James White. And on DraftKings, right. maybe I like Rex Burkhead, too. I don't know. They're both pretty cheap, 4000 for James White and 4200 4, for Rex. Mm-hmm. So pretty pretty cheap options at running back. Um, there's just a big question mark for Rex. I don't know the snaps that he's going to get. Obviously, they're saying his knee is like his is, is an issue. I don't know if it's like gonna come back and haunt him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say if you want me to predict what's gonna happen, I want to say like, like a, I know that's an impossible. I want to say like <laughs> like James White or Burkhead is gonna get like fifty percent of the work. Mm-hmm. James White's gonna get forty percent of the work, and Jeremy Hill's gonna get ten percent. Okay, you that's know what, what I, I see. see it. You know what? As as I said last year, remember last year. You started off Gillisley three touchdowns on Thursday night. Yeah, you really don't know like what's going to happen with that backfield. Gillisley scores three touchdowns first game of the season, <laughs> and then com- completely comes irrelevant. Trash for the rest of the year. I dealt him. I think right after that too. That was that was that's nice. a that's a sell high. Right that was there. a sell high if I ever heard one. Um, and we you know what um, we have, we didn't really um, plan on talking about the Thursday night game, um, but I think uh, the one thing that I came across on that is that if I and I'm not saying that Ajayi is anything close to like Gillisley in terms of uh, talent or potential, even in fantasy. But I think, uh, you know, if I were to have, if I were to own Ajayi, and I think you would agree, I would definitely be tempted to get any offers I could. Yeah. Because I, while I like the Ajayi, that 40 40 split with uh, Sproles in terms of snap count is kind of concerning. Yeah. Sproles I, is never going to go away. I think Jay Ajayi uh, is a good sell high candidate if you would like to sell high if someone's like willing to offer you something good Mm -hmm. um but yeah that eagles like offense they have like a a scheme where they don't have a jai in as much as like uh for fantasy purposes as much as you would want on your fantasy team like he was only um mike clay for espn said that he was only great on the field for about like his um so basically JJ he was on the field for an op- 10 opportunity points i think that's what it come came down to mm-hmm. um but he ended up scoring 22 was it about or 20 right. so what you're saying basically is the amount of time he was on the field on average a player of that caliber would put up around 10 fancy points yes exactly and he put up 20 so that's Just not something that you should be banking on because right. he's not getting the opportunity he definitely oh, he definitely over um What's the right word? He exceeded, exceeded expectations. Yes, he exceeded his expectations. Overproduced compared to his his uh, value spot. Right. Yeah. So if you're if you're looking to you know for Jai on your team, uh, 
don't give up too much, but maybe, you know, if you have well, a Jai, uh, maybe yeah. just hold on to him and see what the Eagles do because they could, you know, the Eagles did give say him more that work. They, the, the Eagles did say that they wanted to uh, see what he was like first, and then they were going to feature him more going forward. But um, just in general, I mean, I don't think Sproles is going away in terms of his role, and uh, the only person that could really take away is, would be Clement, unless Clement takes over for... Sproles again it's so early like who even knows what's going to happen but um a right. if like you get a, a nice offer for a if someone offers you bell for a jay just like know, yeah like so that. like going back to the thursday night game correct um, let's get back just, back to that. um just a quick note it was an ugly game it was not, <laughs> not it was not a good game to watch like as Terrible. a football fan like it really wasn't that intriguing right. um i will say um it was nice to see the falcons actually like give the ball to Julio mm-hmm. and like make them the focal point of their offense. But mm-hmm. then when you really look at it, that's all they really had going for them. So then the Eagles were able to kind of shut that down a little bit. They but, did. They um, did. Towards the end of the game, like Matt Ryan was just like throwing it to Julio every play. So <laughs> yeah, the Eagles definitely had the upper hand on that because they knew where the ball was going on every play. Yeah. Well, you know what? The game started off on a bad note because they had to start an hour uh, it was what forty minutes later. Yeah, it started it was, at nine oh five. Yeah, it was a late game. Um, and then the flags were awful. The flags were awful. And I understand that they have to call the flags because of whatever the league tells them to. But um, it really broke up pace of play. And my other issue with the game, and this is an issue with I guess NBC was, dude, after every play we got a replay. Every single play, like even like on like random like the he threw the ball away. They'd go back and show another replay. Like. Get the game going. You started the game an hour or, or an hour later. Like, I understand that, you know, it's only for us East Coast people, 820 start time. But the game ended at 1230. Like, that's just not, it's not a feasible. And, and then they wonder why they lost, you know, I think the ratings went down 11% compared to last year. Like, and now they wonder why that's the case. Like, yeah, that was, it was definitely, like, just kind of hard to watch, like we mentioned. Like, it, it is. there wasn't, it is. like, eye-popping, you know, fun stuff going on all the time it was like it was actually just kind of like boring it was there it was it was i you know what um the sad thing is that weather didn't even play a part in it being boring it was just boring no yeah it was actually just a trash game (laughs) not 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 to be like you know mean to super bowl mvp nick Foles, but he was really bad (laughs) he was really bad and matt ryan wasn't any better so no he did not and no no one looked great except for julio like he looked fantastic, yeah. but um, that play where he juggled the ball, oh, uh, dude, man. that could have been huge you know for him. But see, I missed that play actually. That could have been huge for the Falcons. He juggled it, fell down, he landed on it. I yeah. thought he had it. They said his elbow or leg was out of bounds or something. By the time he oh, finally, awful. yeah, awful. It, it, I think oh. it was a catch. But I think I, I watched the replays. I think so too. But who knows today? Um, speaking of bad weather, though, right? Last uh, last time I th- or the last time. I've heard of such like a bad weather report was last year at this point with um, I think it was Irma where they had to cancel that whole game. They are saying for the Pittsburgh Steelers game that um, it's going to be absolutely atrocious. Um, but we'll get back. We'll get that in the, into. We'll get into that in a second. But I think if the game does play, um, one of the big stories going in other than Le'Veon, at least on the Cleveland side would be Josh Gordon, Josh Gordon. So, um, and you can explain what's really been going on with that. So obviously, we, we we've been talking about Hugh Jackson and how we don't 
like what he's been saying in preseason <laughs> about Josh Gordon. He like they say he's healthy, but then they say they're going to put him on a pitch count. Mm-hmm. But now we got Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, coming out with a report saying that um, he believes Josh Gordon will have a significant role in Sunday's game <laughs> against the Steelers. And um, ESPN reported that um, Haley said, "I hope he's involved a lot." <laughs> so. What what exactly are we looking at here, uh, Hugh and Todd? I, I, I actually I have a real concern with the Browns team because I don't think the coaches talk to each other. I'm assuming Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley actually don't converse, and they're just saying two separate things behind each other's backs, and neither of them even understands like what either of them are saying. So, yeah, it's contradicting. Uh, do we know what Josh Gordon is going to do? No. Because we got the head coach saying he's going to be playing like on a pitch count, and the other one saying he's going to be a, having a significant role and will be involved a lot. So, what are you going to do? <laughs> Who? Knows? Yeah. I, in terms of that whole dilemma, like that's the problem with these offensive coordinators and these coaches, especially like these bad pl- coaches and coordinators. Like Todd Haley, you could say uh, is a good coordinator because the success he had in, in uh, Pittsburgh. But, you know, Hugh, Hugh works, I think, on his own clock. I don't, I don't think he actually really talks to Todd Haley that much. I, I want to say they don't. Have you watched Hard Knocks yet? No. So, again, you have you, to get to keep, Hard Knocks. You keep saying that, and I keep not watching You have to it. get to Hard Knocks. Um, there's one scene where the coaches meet, and um, Todd Haley, like, it, 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 it's like, I think that's only the first time they've ever met. Like, <laughs> Haley and Hugh were not on the same page. Unbelievable. Um, and they were talking about, they were actually talking about, I think it was Josh Gordon. Maybe not. It was someone on the offense. They were upset that uh, I think defensive players were hitting offensive players. Is that what it was? But basically, Todd Haley was saying that if players don't practice because they're, er, you know, what? I'm going to have to look back and see. But basically, the whole thing was that Todd Haley wasn't happy that people were sitting out, right? People were sitting out of practice or people were given like different, like um, they were given different uh, allowances. Like some guys were able to sit out if they wanted to for whatever reason, if they were injured, like Todd Haley wasn't a fan. Um, And Hugh Jackson was like really trying to be like the, you know, like trying to set the the mood right. And like everyone else agreed with Hugh. And then you had Todd Haley. He was like going on tangents and it's just odd. It was not, it was not seen. Luckily Um, for us. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to worry about the Josh Gordon situation because the weather took care of it. Correct. um, Right. On its own. Right. If you haven't heard, um, and I, I'm not, you know, this is obviously subject to change because it's, not, what, 24 hours, 25 hours away. Um, but it's we're, they're expecting torrential downpour in Cleveland. They are. Yeah, like inches and inches of rain, like right. four inches about. Um, three to five inches, correct. So on every, right. so it's going to be a very wet show. And you know what? I've, um, I forgot where I saw this. It was on Twitter. Someone mentioned to a reporter that um, in terms of the weather forecast, it was one of the worst forecasts they've seen for a football game. Yeah. Um, and that's slow, snow included. So like, they've just never so seen we'll that. So we'll definitely stay away from Cleveland, Pittsburgh, most likely mm-hmm. in Which our a, yes. in our DraftKings and FanDuel lineups. We suggest yes. you do the same. And um, it, honestly, even in season long, I would I would recommend not yeah, playing. If you, a if you have a guy, guys. obviously you have to play Antonio. Right, um, but you know what? I think he's the only one. And you think about it, you could probably play Juju if yeah. you don't have that another wide receiver. But uh, I would play James Cleveland, too, still. Cleveland guys. I'm not starting anyone on Cleveland. No. Um, I would consider James Conner for Steelers. If it's wet and they play, they're gonna run. 
but he might fumble. But yeah, we don't really we don't really know how the Cleveland offense is going to be. And now mm-hmm. on top of it, there's just going to be sh- cr- like the rain is going to destroy the field, and stay, I, just, yeah. I don't trust anyone on the Browns yet. I, so. I'd, I'd say stay away for Week One. Yeah. So like I have Jarvis Landry, and I'm not playing him either. Yeah. Exactly. And so. then um, even with Josh, I love Josh more than any player probably in the league. And I'll say, you know, you get 14 – well, you're going to get either from 13 to 15 more weeks of them. You know, you can wait one week. We've waited how many years for yeah, him to play? Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> capable of, you know, having some patience with Josh Gordon. So week one, I, I, I'm okay with benching him for week one and okay. then moving on. Okay, fair, fair. Um, I say, let's. You want to get to some Fanduel drafting? Yeah, talk? we're gonna go to daily fantasy sports. We're gonna switch it over to daily fantasy sports real quick for this pod for Week One of the 2018 NFL season. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's two ways that you can go about making a lineup, basically for for daily fantasy sports. You have basically like your boomer bus lineup that you kind of put into the big pot, um, like the millionaire, the, the millionaire maker type. Uh, you 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 want guys who have like high ceilings just because if you're taking a guy that with a you know a high floor it's that's more of like a if you're playing in like a 50 50 lineup or something or if you're playing um just like top 40 percent win or something just right something some sort of multiplier so there's different ways to go about a lineup on DraftKings. so We'll probably both share one of each. About we'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll give um our our like mostly just players. We're not going to give you our entire lineup, right? And but, um, just to add on to your point there, just talking about um the high risk high reward players is that when it comes to those million dollar contests, you really have no choice um, but to go with those high risk guys because if you go with more steady um you know. Steady, reliable, low floor guys. That's great in in season long, um, but your goal in those million dollar tournaments is to be number one. Yeah, so so you it's have not to. only you're taking like the the high reward guys, but you also kind of got to take like the guys not uh, many other people are taking. Right. So you got to find like picks, the correct. low percentage type guys that are like under five percent taken. Right. Five percent. That's owned. always the best feeling is when you have a guy that you really like. And then the roster's locked, and you check, and he's like three percent owned. Yeah, you're like yo, like, if he's three percent owned, and then he goes off for thirty points, and you're just like, I knew this all along. Right. You all, you guys are all peasants. Correct, correct. So yeah, yeah, and not to get into much like into into uh, strategy like, f- theory. Yeah, like Fanduel theory. I could probably make a, a cool uh, just like a, a topic though later on, like how to craft these lineups because there really is no right answer, but. Um, I was gonna say they're, they're kind of all right. So there, there, there is a way to set it up, but we're we'll just like leave that be. There is a right. way to set up a lineup for certain contests. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so, and we'll get into that some other time. Yeah. Um, but um, I think uh, you want to like maybe you know we can do maybe you can give three or four nice values. Yeah. In DraftKings, right. I'll so give three or four. I now. mentioned it before. I I really do like James White this week as a running back. He's he's worth four thousand. On DraftKings, um, that's very cheap considering you know David Johnson's eight thousand eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, I think James White is going to be like the pass catcher out of the backfield. Obviously, DraftKings is full PPR, so I expect correct, like correct. about eight catches from James White in Week One. He could even go over eight, but I'm I'm guessing maybe eight and a touchdown. So okay. that's already fourteen. Uh, yeah, if I do my math right, yeah, that's fourteen points just right there. And then add right. whatever yards you want on top of that. Um, I think James White's a safe play for four thousand. Yeah, 
The one issue I'd have with him, well, you know what? Uh, who knows how, many, how much he's going to be owned? That's the question. Because I, I saw that, you know, the one thing about... Um, I actually like the Rex Burkhead uh, report because now I think people are going to stray away right. from James White. No, I agree. I think, I think so, too. And I think that's uh, the one thing with the low ownership is sometimes you can't, you can't avoid being the high owners. Like, it's, it's very easy to, like, see a, a value guy sometimes, you know? Um, like, for example, a lot of people for FanDuel I've been reading have been going, to Dal- uh, have been going Tannehill... And some other guys as like a short, as like a very cheap stack. Yeah. Like Stills, Amendola, and him. And then they're going with like David Johnson and, you know, big names to fill it out because everyone else is so cheap. Um, But the thing is, is that everyone's going to have Ryan Tannehill, like 30%. And at that point, the value is not worth it. No. Right. And again, we'll get it. We can get this. It's interesting because, all right, so DraftKings, I think think the most expensive quarterback is Tom Brady at about 7,200. See, that's okay. And then, like, the Andy Dalton's at like 5,500. So there's not much, like, difference in price. Like, uh, you're not paying too much for Brady at 7,200. Yeah. Um, I personally, like, at quarterback this week, I have Phillip Rivers just mm-hmm. against the Me Chiefs too. defense. Yeah. I think Chiefs are without Eric Berry this week. He's doubtful. So, yeah. um, Phillip Rivers looks pretty solid. And also, the stack with Keenan Allen also looks mm-hmm. very well for week mm-hmm. one. So, that th- that's my stack of the week is Rivers and Allen. Stack of the week. I like that. Um, you know what? To add on to your stack, just to give my first value guy, I do have Antonio Gates as my yeah, one of another my charger. Players. Okay, good charger there. I'm not sure how much he is on Fanduel or on uh, DraftKings. Um, on Fanduel, he's 4,800, which is very cheap. That's like a near baseline, even yeah, he's, lower he's tier. He's definitely he's cheaper than that um, on DraftKings. And I think we talked it. last year or not last last week, um, where Gates in the two weeks without Hunter Henry had 10 catches, 120 something yards, and a touchdown. Um, that's about 10 to 11 points, and that's about th- two or three times his uh, value. Um, so I, I, I'm, that's, if that's his baseline, I think that's solid. Um, and I think that's you know, a very interesting, very interesting grab, especially in a position where players are very, you know, un- we're not sure what to expect from a lot of tight ends. Um, it, I feel good about just putting Gates in there and then working on the rest. That's just me. Yeah, Gates is super cheap on DraftKings that he's so cheap I can't even find him right now. That's how cheap he is. I mean, right. we'll, we'll have to find I out. Will that say, I will say my value play at tight end, and it's not even close. All right, I found Doyle. Antonio. He's he's yeah. seven. He's 2,600, <laughs> which is, which is I think the minimum on DraftKings is 2,500 for a player. Yeah. So, or at least for tight ends it is. I so. mean, I haven't heard any news that he wasn't going to play or anything. I'm going to – oh, wait, it says he's optimistic – We'll play the season open. Practice for the first time. Um, yeah, and again, that's the thing with these Fanduel lineups is that you're paying low on these guys, but there's and there's no guarantee. But in the long run, if Gates scores a touchdown, you're gonna. It you're looks looking, like a good play. Exactly. Um, my my easy week one play at tight end. I don't think it's even like close because he's <laughs> he's like cheaper than all of Gronk and Kelsey and Olsen and Delaney. Mm-hmm. Um, this easiest play I've ever had. Jordan Reed for four thousand. A healthy Jordan Reed. That's very low. In shape Jordan Reed. John Gruden loves or uh, John Gruden. Jay Gruden. Excuse me. He, said, he added that um, Reed is in great shape. So huh. I, I okay. will I will gladly take Jordan Reed in my lineup for four thousand. That's probably like my favorite play. Like out of any player. Never mind just tight ends. Interesting. You know what? I think Reed in mine. I, oh, you know what? I had him at some point. He's high up, so that that is good value, I think. He's cheaper than everyone. 
Can't complain. Yeah, no. Um, for my second value, let's see. I did have them up here. Um, and this one, again, is a little bit of a – this is a reach. And this, this was one of those ones that if it works out, you're winning a lot of money. If it doesn't, you're not winning a lot of money. That's how it goes. Um, but Tyler Lockett um, on the Seattle Seahawks, right? He's technically the, the wide receiver two now. And Doug Baldwin is beat up. Doug Baldwin also has – um, who's their cornerback uh, one? Chris Harris. Is it is that him? Oh yeah, Chris Harris, and he's actually one of the better um, slot slot players, and Corners. I or something like you know he's, he's going to be on Baldwin, right? He's going to be on Baldwin, and so then that opens up uh, the whole other side of the field for uh, Tyler Lockett, and if he could even catch one touchdown for seventy yards, and and that's it, one catch, seventy yards, one TD. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm more than okay with that. Uh, he's kind of like a Marquise Goodwin, but not as val- uh, not as expensive, and also not facing. Is is Marquise Goodwin going to be up against Patrick Peterson? Mm, no, it's the facing the Vikings. Oh, are so they? So Xavier. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Xavier sorry. Rhodes. Oh, still though. But that's still yeah, a tough matchup. I don't know if Xavier Rhodes is going to be on him every play, but I don't know. Marquise has like the wheels, man. He could just run right by anyone. So yeah. it's tough to. You know what? I've been getting mixed up with the uh, Redskins and the 49ers for some reason. Because, like, all those players that, like, moved around, like, Alex Smith on, used to be on the 49ers, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Vernon Davis, like, I don't know why. Yeah, so Washington, yeah, Washington, plays, teams, like, Washington plays Arizona. You're right, I get I so gotcha. fucking confused. So, yeah, sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, um, in general, Tyler Lockett, uh, he's only uh, 5,600, which is, like, the lower tier. That's probably, like, a, you know, lower. To give perspective, if you want John Ross, who's a very popular sleeper, he's 5,100. Um, so... I think uh, I think I think Lockett would be worth worth the speculative add to your lineup. Speaking of John Ross, I also have John Ross as like a a, a late flyer. If you want a cheap um, addition to your to your wide receiver corpse, um, the thing is with John Ross, obviously he's more of the boomer bust again. So, um, but if you if you compare him to Jordan Reed, obviously Jordan Reed for four thousand is of much better value than John Ross for thirty nine hundred, but all the other wide receivers that are are like actual like solid wide receivers are basically six thousand or more. So you got to find one guy in that four thousand area, four thousand range that you you actually think could go off for twenty points. And I think John Ross has a good chance to, um, you know, catch five balls for seventy yards and a touchdown. That's about what's that eighteen points. So yes, I think I think it's a decent decent chance for John Ross to have a good week. Yeah, he's uh, definitely made a nice little comeback compared to, like, going into the preseason, he really wasn't even considered by many people as being, like, a viable option. Yeah. Uh, he's really turned that around. And I think he was hurt last year, that was all. Um, so I agree. It's, I think he might be a, a very interesting um, speculative ad, you know, especially, right. especially um, given the value, like you and said. I, and I, I have to ask you, who do you, who do you have for defense and um, defense in real life or in my season long or daily? Oh, that's right. I don't even know why I asked that. FanDuel doesn't do defenses. FanDuel does do defense. They don't do kicker. Oh, they, that's I, what it is. No, they, they, they replace kicker now. Oh, they used to do a kicker. They did. No more. Very happy about that. Yeah. Okay. That's probably one of the reasons why I stayed away from FanDuel was you had to pick a kicker every week and I yeah, didn't nope, like that. Nope. They added the flex. Um, so there's just an extra flex. Yeah. Extra flex now. And there's still a defense. Correct. 
Okay. Yeah. So who are you picking for a defense week one? Um, well, I have a few. Um, for the big one, the one that I have the most faith in and I'm going with in terms of the most value in terms of the lineup, I'm going Panthers, which is they are playing the um, Cowboys, actually, of all teams. Uh-oh. Um, and you're probably thinking, Why? Why? Right. Um, the I, from what I understand, and this is I've done some research into it. The offensive line, though good, is actually kind of a concern right now for them, and things are actually not as it seems. There, they've been picking up offensive linemen in Dallas like off waivers, um, and guys have been getting hurt. Um, Evan Silva's talked about this. There are, seems to be a little bit of concern about the line. Um, couple that with the fact that they have no wide receivers, right? Relatively. Right, I mean, Alan Hearns, that's one thing. Um, so that's why I'm going with them, is that I feel like there's, uh, again, and I'm, I'm looking to win the mill. Right, All right. yeah, so, that's okay. Uh, and, and they're also cheap. They're 4200 yeah. which is really cheap for uh, I, I defense. I get it. I think, yeah, obviously we talked about the Ravens' defense against the Bills last week, how mm-hmm. they're, they're probably going to be owned in almost like 40% of leagues, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, and Ravens are worth thirty eight hundred. They're the highest. They're the highest val- um, price for defense this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaguars at thirty seven hundred against the Giants. I don't like the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I don't really un- know um, how that's going to play out. But if I were to give a cheap option, mm-hmm. like the Panthers are thirty two hundred, so I don't want to take the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, my cheap option is Patriots actually at twenty four hundred. Really? Yeah, twenty four hundred against the Texans. Um, I know for a fact okay. Brady in the defense, or Brady in the defense, Belichick in the defense. Um, they're gonna they're gonna tr- do their best to shut down DeAndre Hopkins. So it's just gonna be okay. anyone else um, on the Houston side of the ball, and I don't trust anyone else besides D Hop. So see the reason that I don't like the uh, Pats D, and it's not it's I do like those Texans guys. I do have a, a Fanduel lineup with a lot of a uh, it's a Texans stack actually. Um, but my main issue with them is that um, personally, I feel, and I don't know if there's like stats to prove this up, they come out of the gate very slow. They came out very slow out of the gate last year and the last few years. So I have a feeling that they will. That's the truth, actually. That's, it is. That's I, very true. But I, I understand what you're saying. I, I like it in theory, but that's why I, I've been straying away. Um, and I'm, I'm more, very more comfortable with uh Yeah, I a read a stat last year. Uh, the Patriots were dead last in defense and special teams the first four weeks of the season. Right. And then from the f- week five on, they were actually a top five yeah. defense. They get so better. They do. It's very, uh, very interesting. So I guess I, I, I understand if you want to stay away from the Patriots for, you know, at least the first few weeks. But um, going forward. Keep an eye on them. That's what I yeah, I'd say going forward, keep an eye on them. But you know uh, another cheap defense I like, and this is for uh, FanDuel. The Titans are forty two hundred, and that's just right. I'm not. I'm not like a big fan of the of the uh, Titans defense. It's not like I'm like loving. I don't even know who's on that team. Dory Jackson, like you know. But um, sometimes in FanDuel, and this is also for uh, Pick'em leagues, which we'll talk about. Um, you want to sometimes you want to just pick against the bad teams. And they're playing the Dolphins, and they're playing Tannehill. Um, Good strategy. Pick so, against the bad teams. Right. Good pick, strategy. Pick against the bad teams. So I'm picking the Titans, knowing that the the Dolphins are bad. You know, um, and they're only 4,200. If they even get seven points, I mean, you have to play one. You know. Right. So that's uh yeah I think that are there any other um, little value nuggets that you've seen? Um, I I will just like kind of throw in like I like Christian McCaffrey this week. Um, mm-hmm. 
the Carolina Panthers have kind of shown that they want to just give him like a workload. Looking at the Panthers' um, running back situation, they they have like shown that they're going to give McCaffrey a workhorse workload. Um, so I do like him for his price at 6400 especially since, obviously, he catches passes out of the backfield. We've seen him catch 10 balls in a game last year. Right. Um, I don't expect 10 catches in this game, but I expect maybe, you know, 20, close to 20 carries and maybe, like, six catches. And I'm very optimistic that Christian McCaffrey finds the end zone. Um, if not once, twice, like, I think he's going to go off this week. Just, Interesting. Just because he's going to get the opportunity to. I mean, I don't think the Dallas defense is really all that great, you know? Yeah. So I, I could definitely see it. Um, a couple of value guys that I have that I think these are just off the, really quick. Um, Damian Amendola is 5,100, and I understand that, you know, it's the I just talked about how shitty the, 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 the Dolphins are and all that. Um, but there's uh, targets to be made up for sure, um, especially with no Devontae Parker and no, um, obviously, no Jarvis Landry, he left. So someone's got to fill the void. And Damian Amendola, 5,100, that's good value. There, um, there was a base, tweet. Just a, just a real quick baseline for skill players, not tight ends, is usually 5,000 for uh, FanDuel. So like yeah. he's like one So he's above basically the, the cheapest, uh, cheap option. He is, he is very cheap on DraftKings as well. But I will add, I, there was a tweet the other day, I believe it was by Evan Silva as well again. Mm-hmm. We're big Evan, Evan Silva guys. Um, yeah, I mean, he just he just knows the stuff. So know, there was a tweet, the Titans gave up the fourth most slot wide receiver touchdowns last year. So that's fourth why they're like, slot they're, they're giving um, okay. a lot of talk about <clears throat> Amendola, you know, possibly scoring a touchdown this week. Oh, really? Um, uh, so you know what? He might be – I, I could see him like 15%, 10%. I know. I think they're kind of talking him up a lot. Matthew Barry talks him up too as well, I believe. Does so It's not great. Not great. That's actually a bad thing. Yeah, it's, it's not, actually not good for, not good for <laughs> it's us. It's actually a negative. Um, you know who the – and I'll give my one little – this is my quarterback value is – and this is – again, he'll probably be owned a good bit, but um, Patty Mahomes is 6,700. And no Joey Bosa, no Casey Hayward, no Jason Verrett, no Jalen Watkins. They're missing like four or five starters. Um, the defense is still very good, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that they'll still have a good game. Um, but, you know, if you want to go with like the Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, um, what's the, uh, the stack, if you want to go with that, that stack, you could really, um, it could like become fr- very fruitful. Yeah, you know, Mahomes and Tyreek Hill have um, have had a good connection so far. They're actually twelve for twelve on huh. Mahomes targeted Hill twelve times, and it, he's caught all twelve balls. So love that they have a good connection. It looks like already, but Chargers last season gave up the least amount of deep balls mm-hmm. out of any team in the league. So I would temper your expectations on Tyreek Hill. Um, right. That's like one of those week. ones where that's almost a contrarian play. And that's another thing that you can get into for a long time. But sometimes in Fandle, it's sometimes you gotta play that strategic guy. to play guys who are less likely, right? Like that. Like, for I example, um, yeah. it, if you look, like, watch, if Mahomes and Tyreek Hill come out and they're 5% owned and they go off, right? It's Anyone like, who has that. Right. Duo, that stack is probably going to be towards the top. Right. Yeah, I get it. Right. Um, yeah. Um, the so those are our little, you know, quick daily picks. Um, any other, you know, if you have any other uh, suggestions, even or if you have any questions, 
about who we're going with, feel free to always let us know yeah, on our the, Twitter. It's week one, so it's really tough to like answer any start-sit questions. Right. We, we kind of wanted right. to stay away from that just because if you already don't know who you're starting, uh, it's, well, you know, you're, you're kind of in a yeah. bad spot. So Here's what I'll say is uh, other than the uh, Steelers and Browns game, just start the studs. I always say week one is start your stud yeah, week. Don't think about it too much. It's not. It's it's you're overthinking it week one because there's still a lot of weeks to play. And as you said, if we don't know what's going to happen, I say, I've already seen a lot of people try to do like trades <laughs> before games even started. It's impossible. So yeah. why? It's like you don't need to do anything to to your team yet. You it's, just pick those just, guys. Just you pick the yeah. guys, let them play out. You don't trade them before they even play because right. that's like you're just asking for them to go off right. against you later in the season. <laughs> True, true. If you believe in that type of stuff, for sure. I believe in it. I do, too. Um, but um, one last thing, real quick. Um, survivor pool. I'm not doing a survivor pool this year, actually, but uh, I, I have talked about it extensively with my friends um, and you as well. Um, and so week one, who are you looking at? We There are a few teams now. Um, think, courtesy of Mike Clay, again, he put out a, a beautiful um, screenshot Can you send that all sixteen, all seventeen weeks of each team and their win probabilities? So you gotta like find the right week to pick the player or pick the teams. Mm -hmm. And so this week, there are a few teams that stand out to me that have like their highest win percentage of the season Mm -hmm. in week one. And one team is the Detroit Lions. They're seventy three percent. Interesting, because um, it's funny you say that. You, you know, um, I mean, people, the casual listener won't know. There's a there's a kid in our town who is doing one, um, and he picked Alliance, and he kind of got shit for it from people. Really? Um, but he, yeah, just because. Um, Not the smart pick. And you'll probably talk about. You'll. They probably says that too. The the popular options this week, I feel like, are the Ravens. The Ravens are a popular pick, but they're actually only um, the percentage for them to win mm-hmm. in week one is actually only sixty six percent. Right. Okay. And this is against the Bills. Right. And so who knows? Maybe uh, Nate Peterman next to Tom Brady. So the thing <laughs> is, Baltimore is minus seven and a half. Yeah. I, I like to look at spreads Me as too. well yeah. as like win percentage chance. But because um, the spreads, you kind of get a good idea of how off one team is from another. Right. So Baltimore is minus seven and a half, while um, the Detroit Lions are actually only minus six and a half against the Jets. Okay. So okay. If, if, if I were to pick a team... Um, obviously the Ravens are, are actually in the same boat as the Lions for week one. This is like the Ravens, like highest win percentage of the season. Cause they're not, they're not great. They're not amazing, but, but the bills are just so bad. But the bills are bad that this actually is their best um, chance of winning <laughs> any game throughout the entire year. So this, may, this might be the time to just take the Ravens. Right. Um, but it's also a good, a good time to take um, Detroit because this is their highest Detroit win percentage of the season. So, I think those are like my two picks. Obviously, like the heavyweights are the Saints against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think I the went Patriots the Saints against on, the Texans. You know how Fandle has the Fandle has a pick'em, and it's like you, it's like a the nationwide pick'em. Pool. Yeah, survey, it's like you can survivor. get the million dollars or something. Right. So I did go Saints for that one, but yeah. I, I didn't put much thought in. But yeah. yeah. So this this is a great screen grab. I I believe Mike Clay tweeted it out like maybe a week we could, and a half ago. We, we could tweet it out as well, maybe. Yeah, I can tweet it out. Yeah, we can we can tweet it out through the account. So exactly. Um, yeah, so we'll give we'll give that out so you guys can see the percentages each team has every week. Um, but this is these are all projections. They could you know always switch. But well, the thing is too is week one's always the hardest thing I think for survivor pools because you really have no idea who's good or not. Yeah, you know, like 
think of last year, right? Like some of these teams that we didn't think were going to be good, like the Rams. And yeah, then they end up they becoming one up. of the best teams. Who knows? That could be the Bears. That, that could be the Jets. Who knows? Could oh, be God. the Bills. No, it could, it could not be the Bills. It could be anyone, honestly. Could be anyone. So, yeah, my, my week one pick, I believe I took the Lions. Lions. And I'm, I'm locking that one in. Locked in. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'd go Saints, but um, if you're trying to go strategic, I agree. I think uh, Ravens or uh, Lions are a good pick. I like, the, I like the Bengals, too. I like the Bengals, too. Yeah, that I don't know if that's a good survivor pool pick. But well, that's when a, are you going to pick the Bengals again is the question. Probably never, right? And I, I think that uh, Andrew Luck, he's different, but that defense, Indy's defense is awful. It's the worst in the league. So, um, And that's why I kind of went big on the Dalton stacks. Um, but that was just me. Um, I think that's just about it, actually. Do you have anything else? Anything else you want to talk about, Pete? Anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, that I know. I'm all set. I think uh, I'm just ready to go for Week One me NFL too. Sunday. I think We're I'm finally just here, guys. We're finally here. Absolutely. Um, make sure if anyone has any questions, any uh, about the podcast itself or fancy questions, hit us up on our pod or on our Twitter, which is at PT Fan Sports Pod. It's going to be in the description as well. Um, and make sure to give us a five-star rating if you're on iTunes. So um, we have that little five-star next to us. And don't give us a one-star. If you're going to vote and you're going to give one-star, just don't vote. Cool. Exactly. It's not. This is not like, in terms of the uh, Apple podcast, good publicity is only five stars. If you have the one-star, you go down. And I don't want to be near like Alex Jones and like whoever else is one-star on, on iTunes. Um, so, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. And good luck this week. Good luck. Somebody told me sleep was a cousin of death And following the dollar finds nothing but stress A marathon grind like I'm running from rest It's Somebody told me sleep was a cousin of death And following the dollar finds nothing but stress But I'm going hard till there's nothing left